Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It's episode 177 um, and I'm joined by three colleagues today who's going to help me get through all of your questions and answers. Hello everyone. Hello. 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 We've got Kevin, Tom and Sophie. Welcome everybody. We were just talking before we went on air there about all of the wide range of questions and some real topical ones and actually some real quite complex ones that we've been scratching our heads who's going to answer the questions <laughs> uh, and, and before we get into it actually in a, a, an unusual kind of um, plug really I would recommend anybody listening to today's 177 dial into last week's 176 I thought it was probably one of the the best podcasts we've done very very interesting subject from our investment management team so Kevin I think some of your colleagues uh, were on there yep. from the investment team and actually personally it answered a lot of questions for me that I've been sort of thinking about with with my investments we all you know believe in skin in the game and true potential don't we we all are invested in the same thing as all of our clients and I thought that was a really really good session so um, if you have time Listen to us first and then jump across to that one because I thought it was a really good one. So well done to Jeff and the team for putting that one together. Look, I think we've got about 12 plus questions to get through here and I'm probably not going to answer many of them. I'm going to be the, <laughs> the person asking all of the difficult questions to yourself. So I think for me, the one I wanted to kind of start us with and it, it's really relevant, but, you know, there's been a reduction in inflation. I think that's a, a good thing. We all feel good about that. But how are the markets reacting to that? And, and I'm going to look to this side of the table first. I'll go first. Uh, positively. So um, it was a surprise. The market had expected inflation to fall uh, through the month of June. So that is the growth in prices was going to decline. But um, as we discussed on this morning's um, morning markets, the level of inflation came in lower than the market was expecting so that's always gives the market a positive boost so the bond market from the very open at eight o'clock yesterday morning strong um, increase in prices so yields fell and that fed through into the FTSE 100 so it was home builders had their best day since 2008 so um, persimmon barrett's um, prices their equity prices this year have been severely impacted by the rising yields but yesterday and today seeing a good bounce back um, tentatively, markets taking out one rate uh, one rate hike by the end of the year, but we're still likely to see further increases in base rate because it's just one surprise. Now the US has had several, and the Federal Reserve there is still hiking interest rates, so we're some way I think from the Bank of England changing messaging with regards to the path of interest rates here. Yeah, and today being Thursdays, we're recording uh, just because I know some people will view this over the. What are we today? The twentieth. I got that right. Yeah. Yes, good. And and Tom, if I jump across to you, because obviously mm. you you are, I'd like to say on the front line, but one of our financial advisors, speaking with a lot of clients, and this will obviously be taken as a a, a good bit of news, I guess. Because certainly will do. I mean, if you look at sort of the areas that this would be good for, I mean, one is mortgages. Mm. Uh, you know, mortgage rates have been going up from May onwards, really. And yesterday was the first time you've seen. Uh, the more the average two year fixed come down slightly. Mm -hmm. uh, it was at six point eight one percent. It's now down to six point seven nine. So it's not a lot, but mm -hmm. it's still obviously encouraging for for those who are looking to 
to remortgage, which has been certainly quite challenging over the last, um, well, last 18 months, really. You yeah. know, if you're used to very low mortgage rates like we did have in the past with like, you know, 1% to 2%, you're now looking at between 6 and 7%. It's obviously a big jump and, and that impacts clients' affordability with, with mortgages as well. So it's been challenging for those people, but obviously, yes, you know, yesterday's news is encouraging, really. Yeah. And are, and are we expecting things to flatten out? Are we expecting a trajectory downwards from here? Do we have a, I'm not asking anyone to put their, <laughs> their, their neck on the line here, but, you know, it, it, it seems like we were in a very unprecedented, not to want to use that term, but we're over 10% the, the start yeah. of the year and we're starting to see it come down. Is, it, is there a flight path expected? I think, so the yesterday's number in annual terms was bang in line with what the Bank of England had projected in May. Yeah. Now, the uh, underlying inputs into that, the Bank of England had not anticipated interest rates to be as high as the market has forecast for the end of the year. So there's probably still room for um, government bond yields to fall and mortgage rates to fall yeah. if we see, for instance, another surprise or two over the summer. I think the trajectory of inflation in the UK is lower because it's going lower everywhere else globally. It's just the UK is a bit of a standout in that it's um, started from a higher level and it's taken a longer time to fall, even modestly. Um, what will impact inflation positively as in inflation will fall further is the Energy um, energy Price Administration used to be every six months. Yeah, It's now quarterly. So the next inflation print we get will will factor in that we've had, it might not seem like it, but that energy prices have fallen again. Uh, the October number will be, there will be a huge fall in inflation because the October 2022 number, which was almost two percentage points, drops out. Um, we're also seeing, we are seeing price, we're seeing the growth in prices in general in the UK fall. So things like restaurant and going out prices um, have declined. So there is further declines in the pipeline. It's just whether it's those declines match what officials expect. Yeah. And that's what's not been the case prior to the number we had this week. I mean, it is like you are seeing disinflation now. I mean, it was at 11.1% in October last year. So you can see it yeah. is coming down, albeit not as quickly as what was first anticipated. But yeah. obviously yeah. yesterday was encouraging, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm going to pose this question to all three of you because I think this was a, a good question from actually quite a few of our clients when we, you know, go out and ask for what do you want to know about and, and, and such was, is it actually now, is now a good time to invest with markets being lower? And I'll give my answer first. I would say yes, buy cheap units. We always forget that when you're investing money into the market, yes, you're putting, you know, pounds and money and almost cash into an investment what you're buying is a unit. You mm. want to buy those units as cheap as you possibly can. No one can time the markets. No one. Um, but kind of you almost want to be part of a rise in market. So buy them when they're cheaper. Uh, it's not to say it'll be its cheapest price, but I'm not giving any advice yeah. on this, Tom. No, I mean, you, I mean, what I would you, 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 you look at me. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, what I'd say to you on that is, you know, when you've got the money to invest, that's the time to invest it. It's not about trying to hold on and trying to wait for you know, the market to get low or anything like that. It is about just, you know, when you've got the money, making those regular contributions into yeah. whatever, you know, investment vehicles you've got, such as your pensions, such as your ISAs. Um, and, you know, if you look at 
you know, like you quite rightly said, you know, if you look at sort of the market highs, which were in November 2021, and we had obviously bond bond prices were a lot better then. And, and if you look at the MSCI World Index, which measures world equities, that was higher than what it is now. So it certainly is, um, you know, you're, you're certainly buying in at, at a lower unit price yeah. to, to what you were then. But in the key message there is don't just hold on, you know, for, for a low point in the market when you've got that money you know, put it in there because as you quite rightly said, you can't time the markets, yeah. unfortunately. Um, that's, that's you know, Sophie, yourself and your team and the customer care, that's a lot of the work you've been doing yeah, recently. absolutely. I think one of the big things to overcome, particularly for our clients, and even I would say for myself, is getting past that mentality of when things are volatile and you're thinking, oh, do I or don't I? Um, like you say, if you were going to do it anyway and you're leaving it in for a long term, you know, it's going to be more beneficial to continue doing so. But it can be sometimes difficult to get past that mentality of, you know, being sort of worried about the markets or what's going on with your policy. But I think giving us a call and speaking to us and, you know, speaking to an advisor if you feel, you know, a bit concerned about it can sort of explain it in a way that, you know, you then understand and doesn't feel as as daunting to do. Mm. And one thing I'd add to that as well is just, you know, if you are worried about volatility, you've got, you know, saving little and often for pound cost averaging can yeah. help to reduce mm-hmm. that volatility a little bit over time. So again, just look at your disposable income you've got on a monthly basis and just start putting that away. That's the easiest way to invest and that will, you know, in turn reduce the volatility yeah. on those contributions that you make. I was actually looking at a chart one of Kevin's team produced earlier uh, in the week, which was exactly that. It was pound cost averaging of just, you know, little and often, little yeah. and often it was versus being in cash versus being invested and it was again not advice but it was just quite startling to see the differences there so good bit of work from the team um i'm gonna ask you this one directly kevin just because it's linked to the true potential portfolios Mm -hmm. uh who will be the next economic superpower uh and how are we invested in them with the true potential portfolios okay so the uh current economic superpower is the u.s and the next one will be the US. So the good news is that the um, true potential portfolios are structurally overseas, so they are not. They, we don't have a home bias. We're not mm. exclusive. We're not majority allocated to the UK. The largest equity market in the world is the US, and um, we have our largest equity allocations um, to the US. So we would expect. Um, for the underlying mechanics of the US economy, the US market over time to deliver the best returns. And that's why a lot of the sort of roadmaps we use and the true potential um, external managers use favour the US over the longer term. So I think we will still be talking about the US as the, the eminent economic superpower in 10 and 15 and 20 years' time. Especially, as I was going to say, just to add to that, especially with regards to like sort of technology as well, you think about, you know, the, especially since the last year yeah. to date, really, you know, US has done very well year to date, hasn't it? And, um, you know, if you look at this sort of AI in areas like that, that, that might be certainly room for growth in the future. You're going to talk to all, all about AI now? No, that's a, I don't want to go into that. forte of yours, Tom, is it? Or <laughs> no. Is it just something you've heard about? Yeah. Or maybe worried about taking it or my worried, job. Or worried about, yeah, <laughs> no one will ever take over that smile. Uh, no AI is going to have a smile like that. No. Um, and if we if we take that further, then we're talking about the US. One of our clients rightly asked, what is Bidenomics? And I'm just sort of sitting waiting for someone to tell me as well. So, so you, you, you could describe it as, I would describe it as um, rolling fiscal stimulus. So 
Um, when Biden first came to power, there was a there was effectively what would, you could describe as um, checks were dropped into everyone's account, and this was during the last phase of the COVID lockdowns. Yeah. So um, almost every adult in the United States got something around about twelve hundred, fourteen hundred dollars in their account, whether they were in work or not. And there was um, you got extra money, I think, if you had children. So that was the first tranche, which was a very large fiscal stimulus. It's not what we had in the UK. Then the second, the second and equally powerful one would be what's called the IRA Act. So it's the, labelled the Inflation Reduction Act, but it's actually uh, subsidies for US businesses who will reshore manufacturing capabilities into the US. So if you imagine, maybe companies which had batteries built in India or China are now building out the factories to make those in the US. And also it favours companies who, for a finished product, most of that is assembled in the US. So it is a very powerful um, encouragement for US companies to basically reshore the capability for manufacturing into the US. And it does have, it favours as well, economies such as Mexico and Canada, who have a free trade agreement with the US, the NAFTA agreement. So where there is uh, frictionless borders for trade, Mexico and Canada are going to see the benefits of that over the long run. So um, I'm I'm reading the question more fully around. Um, He seems set to have a very strong platform to campaign on the strength of the US economy. I mean, it's growing above trend at around about 2%. Put that in contrast with the UK, which unfortunately is growing around about 0%. They have full employment there. We have full employment there. but And also their inflation challenge is much more mature in that inflation is um, rather quickly falling and could well be back towards target by the end of the year. So a lot seems to be going right for Joe Biden right now. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's, it's sort of looking at targeting more the middle class and lower classes as well in terms of policy, which is quite interesting because, you know, in the US they've sort of favoured more the trickle-down effect rather, yeah. than, rather than this government policy. So, it'd be, you know, it's always interesting to see with monetary policy, you know, is it him that's causing the, you know, what, what we've seen in, in the US at the moment because, you know, how long does it take to come into effect? Yeah. So, it, it is interesting and, and he seems to be doing, you know, a pretty good job at that. Good. <laughs> I'll take I'll take away from your AI yeah, silliness early, and I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to nicely divert us across to technology because, as everybody knows, True Potential are a fintech company. We 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 empower financial services and clients by by underpinning with technology. We did have a couple of questions again around kind of you know everything we've talked about markets and you know being able to view things and and so on. Just just Sophie, please remind us a little bit, and this is the question. How can the True Potential app help me help me think about my investment goal? Because in the main, a lot of us talk about the short term. You know, we're talking about days and weeks, but pe- people are invested for a long time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it ties in with what we've been discussing because having that goal there that you can see can make it, you know, can make it easier for you to regularly contribute or if that's what your goal is. Um, the app itself is brilliant for that. So you can just click onto your investment and edit my goal. You can set a goal for, you know, say in 10 years time, I'd like my policy to be this much. At retirement, say, I'd like my policy to be worth this much. You can even put in how much you feel you need a month and it'll work out that goal for you based on different rates of growth. Um, It'll then tell you how much you would need to contribute 
to reach that goal and it puts a, a nice line on the graph above where you are and where you'd want it to be um but the feature i find handy is that you can edit and change it when you want it doesn't actually you know change anything that you've got there so you can see what the difference would be um because sometimes to what could make a big difference in 15 years time isn't actually a big difference in what you're contributing yeah um and that's what i find really useful by it that you can ha- you can have a look and see what's achievable for you and it's also helpful when you're speaking to ourselves and the likes of tom and he can see what what the goal is and what the aim is and how you can help you get there exactly helping you get there's a key isn't it it's kind of what we are talking about in the main i think volatility was mentioned earlier but we're, we're talking almost short term in context of the longevity of people's investments uh but if i just jump to another question i'm going to keep it at you sophie because I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see your take from it in the customer care team mm-hmm. uh, one of our clients i had planned to retire in the next year uh, what steps should i be thinking about right now and I know that because in your role, you're speaking to all kinds of clients mm-hmm. all of the time. Um, what would you be saying on that sort of question? Um, first of all, I would be having to think, you know, t- sometimes people don't actually really think about what they need in retirement until it gets really close. So that's probably a first step. Have a think about what you need, what other things that you've got, gather your information, fill out your personal profile section on your client site. Um, it, it prompts you for all the information that you would need to then have a discussion with one of the advisors so they could again be booked in and you can really have that personalised discussion of what retirement, you know, what you want your retirement to look like and um, what you've got elsewhere, what you've, what you've got with us and it all sort of comes together. Definitely seeking advice on that one um, because I think there's a lot, lot of gaps that maybe people don't think about until they've spoke, spoke with one of the advice team but even just taking the first step and speaking to us on the customer care team and we can help you, help you yeah. get started with filling out that section on the site and go from there really. And I think for me, I think retirement can be anything you want it to be. Retirement can involve still working. Retirement can involve going part-time. It can be whatever. I think we label this thing as retirement, which is you stop work and you sit at home and you take all your money out of your pension and then you, you know, you wait until you die. And I think we need to make retirement sexy in a way, which I've always thought we do, because actually you can stay invested. You can get the technology to draw you an income out. But retirement can be anything you want. And I know, Tom, you... I've helped many, many people retire yeah, happily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not in a bad way, in a good way. You've got them to their goal. You've got them to their goal. No, that's I mean, that's it, the thing. It's one of those, like, Sophie, you're quite right in what you said there in terms of, like, the first thing for us is, is looking at gathering that information. So it's mm-hmm. looking at what your retirement expenditure is going to be. It's thinking about, you know, maybe ad hoc expenditure requirements like new car, maybe paying off the mortgage, anything like that. And it's also thinking about your guaranteed income sources that you've mm-hmm. got coming in as well. You know, your true potential pensions and ISAs and general investor accounts and maybe investment bonds, if you've got those as well, will help to cover the gaps in between or that shortfall that you've got. So gathering that information before coming to speak to us is really important and using that personal profile is really important as well. Then as an advisor, we can, you know, use a true potential one-based goal uh, to look at cash flow modelling and and seeing how long that will last for. Uh, And we'll build that into our drawdown reports as well, just to show clients, look, this is how long we believe this 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 money's going to last uh, therefore you're in a good position to retire or you might have to go you know phase that retirement like like mm-hmm. you said greg which is often we actually find that a lot of clients like doing that especially those who have come from an environment where it's quite fast paced and they've been quite a, a good job they don't want to just completely stop yeah in fact i've actually found a lot of clients who do that end up going back to work part-time which is interesting you, you so, see it more often than not don't yeah. you where you've maybe spoke to a client retired them and then 
they come in a year later for their annual review in the you know the, the back doing consultancy work or which, a bit of a bit of part time work, which completely messes up the report that I've done. <laughs> keeps you busy, and keeps, keeps, busy. keeps you out of trouble, doesn't it, Tom? Um, but I think yeah, look, speak to the team as well. That's the answer, right, guys? It's 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 what we're here for is to make sure not just if you're a year away from retirement, as Sophie says, sometimes retirement can be five, ten years in the making, mm. but also things change. You know, plans change, and it's just it's almost a moving sort of piece isn't it where you, you right up until the day you retire you're there to help people get themselves yeah. set really aren't you yeah good um we have a lot of investment questions so i'm gonna <laughs> jump back to you kevin uh if you don't mind um how do the true how do true potentials investment team think about the environment and climate risks when managing the portfolios so um, we engage with external managers um, every month uh, and part of that we ask them about their engagement with so companies they directly hold the shares of, ask them about their engagement on matters such as ESG or environmental factors. It's also important to point out that the FCA, so our regulator here in the UK, are putting in place a financial disclosures um, policy for all investment managers with regards to the measurement of climate impact on portfolios for true potential that comes into force I think in the second half of next year yeah. so the idea is that clients and investors in funds and products should be able to get a feel for what the impact of their investment is on the environment and that will be given to them it'll it might be a bit technical, but it'll be a, a measure of carbon um, through that is emitted by a company or such things. So that will be that will really start to kick in, I guess, from twenty twenty five when all managers of varying sizes are forced to reveal this information and work with their underlying managers to report the data. So um, the financial disclosures are coming from the regulator that will give clients um, more insight into the impact. Um, and they will be able to compare, for instance, companies which are very um, have a very low footprint mm-hmm. with companies which have a high footprint. Now, that may not necessarily translate into performance. You may not see that the companies with a low footprint generally perform better, but it may give some clients more information to feel more confident in making decisions with regards to their portfolios or asking questions yeah. to the team here. I think that's exactly it, isn't it? It's to what scale you want to, or where you want to sit on the scale as an investor. Because, you know, we, 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 we've had this question quite a lot is, are, are you an ethical fund manager? And I think, well, to what extent? You know, it's, yeah. quite, it's it's difficult to gauge it. But I know, again, speaking of your team, you've put together a fantastic document, which is on the website, which yep. goes into, you know, the not just the funds themselves, but true potential as a, as a business and our sort of stance on sustainability. And, you know, ESG is the, the target's been given, but... Um, and Tom, do you speak to much much about this with clients as um, well? A sure? bit, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because obviously, you know, with you know that sort of ESG side of things, you are reducing the diversification within the portfolio by becoming environmental. You know, so you, there is obviously you, you, you factor in your own preferences in there, which is good. But then the downside to that is obviously the less diversi- diversification within that portfolio. So it's um, certainly a topic that's on the rise, and I think maybe probably more so with with younger. Uh, investors as well so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that yeah 
I don't know where that document is on the website, but we'll maybe put a link to it if we can at the end of the yeah. this session. Um, keeping the subject on what we're hearing a lot of, climate change. Uh, this was a great question, I thought, because it, it's something we should all be thinking about. But with climate change being prominent in the news, uh, how might investments be impacted by climate risks? And is this a concern for the long-term economic outlook? I mean, I'll, I'll just say one thing on that, and that is, you know, there's always uncertainty in the market. You know, yeah. if you look in the past, there will be in the future. Uh, you know, the key thing with obviously investing is long term. And if you've seen, obviously, of course, past performance isn't an indicator for future performance. There's no denying that. But, yeah. you know, throughout the risks that we've gone through in the world, we have overcome them. And, and obviously, equity markets have, over a long term period have done well. So you're always going to have some levels of risk within yeah. Uh, with, with investing. Uh, and is this coming up in any of the discussions with the, 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 the partners? The So uh, I think there's two, t- two um, recent examples which are in- interesting. So right now in North America, you have um, hundreds of wildfires in Canada. Mm. You have record extreme heat down the West Coast, particularly in, in the southern states such as Arizona. And also, we know that in Southern Europe, seeing extreme temperatures there, and there's no market impact really. I mean, it's more of a it's more of a social challenge than yeah. a financial challenge. The other one would be, I would guess, um, Thames Water. Yeah. So, the no exposure in the portfolio. So, um, we engaged with managers straight away because that um, company has a debt problem. Should it? Just forced to wind up, yeah. yeah. So there's 14 billion of debt there, um, and that would be a ma- that would be a problem f- for our managers if any of them owned bonds issued by that company. Yeah. But it's interesting that one of the reasons why um, Thames Water have report such leakage in their pipes is to do with um, extreme temperature variation. So there was one day in I think in December last year um, where. In the space of twelve hours, the temperature changed seventeen degrees, and that caused many of the Victorian pipes to crack. So you've got it's. Um, we may in the UK we may not think we're as impacted by climate change as places like Southern Europe with extreme temperatures, but it's the swings in temperatures which are clearly impacting the infrastructure we have. And Thames Water is, I guess, one recent example of a company which has got broader problems, but climate change has fed into some of the more acute problems they have. But it's not an issue for portfolios. That's, I mean, portfolios are well diversified um, in both um, the investment asset class and the country and the manager. Well, that's it. It's not just, you know, we've always used the term, but it's many eggs and many baskets. Yeah. And I always like using that one because it's, it's easy to wrap your head around. But when we're talking <clears throat> about diversification, it's hundreds of thousands of investments yeah. all working at once. And we also look at the likes of correlation as well, yeah. which means that... You know, if, if one thing's affected, even if you do hold that, you've got many, many others outweighing it. So I think it's interesting. Though. I think it's like a good thing long term because the whole factor of people getting in, involved in ESG investing now is making a lot of companies think about their own environmental stance and actually trying to clean them up a little bit because yeah. otherwise they'll lose out on investment. So it's a good thing, isn't it, really? It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, Sophie, I think we've got one more. I'm going to jump across to you for, and this one didn't make its way onto our list. Uh, but I had a client asking me last night uh, with regards to they they want to put money in little and often into their investment. And at the moment, they ring up the office and they, you know, I don't know why they do this. And I'm saying a client, it's a friend. Um, they decide that they, they think the best way to do it is sending us a check every off every so often. 
and I'm going to get them to listen to this podcast so it's not me telling them how do clients put money in little and often into their investments, please? It's really, really simple and it takes so much less time and effort than a check. So you can go onto your app or your website and click on onto your policy. You can then choose to set up a direct debit if you want to. So it comes out automatically and you don't even have to think about it. Or if it's maybe like your friend sounds and he's doing it as and when he has a bit extra, there's the impulse save option. So it's just like buying something online. You go on, you can put in literally a pound or however much you want, however much you've got left over that month. It goes straight into your policy from there and it's done. You can even set up little reminders for yourself at the end of the month, like, oh, you know, put in any extra you've got, so got left over. we'll get him to watch this and we'll deliberately put it right at the end so he's out listening to everything else <laughs> yeah. just to get that little sound bite. So, yes, he, he says he rings us up and he talks to somebody nice on the phone and he gets the address, which he knows because it never changes, uh, and he sends us a check. So we'll 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 get him into the real world and into the the modern world of Tom's AI and impulse save and using people with and using technology. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> He's probably got his last check ready. To yeah. go, and the bank will not issue another checkbook. I'll make sure I get him to watch. And that's part of the environment as well. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do the usual at the end of the podcast. I do. I'd love to know what you're all up to at the weekend. And I know it's Thursday afternoon, so it's quite early yet. But what does the the weekend look like for everybody? I've actually got a really boring weekend. I'm doing odd jobs that I've been told to do from my missus. So I'm going to be in the good books hopefully this weekend. Well, I'm going to the science centre in Glasgow with the children because it's going to pour with rain across all of Scotland. Yeah. So I'm travelling across there. I've never been. Right. We're going We're going out for a nice steak. Oh, well. So I'm looking forward to that. You're definitely winning because like Tom, I've got jobs around the house. I'm putting a bed up on Saturday. So oh. nothing exciting. Oh dear. Nothing exciting. <laughs> Well, ladies and gents, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as ever, we hope you enjoyed it. If you do have a question to ask, get in touch with the team. Uh, they're available 8 to 8, Monday to Friday. Uh, and we're always happy to help, of course. So please do remember to like and subscribe. Uh, thank you very much.